It was really dangerous. You would have gotten a felony. Three months in jail, felony, like $10,000 bail. It would have been so bad. Welcome to the Sent and Bent podcast. We have the new structure that we will use forever now, and that is we open up with the freshest, the latest, the greatest stories. Like this time, we talk about racing twin turboed R8s, turboed Aventadors, and when and when, when not to run. to run from the police. Yep. And then we're going to have a Q&A a Q&A section where we answer your guys' questions a lot better than we can in the comment section. Um, so if you guys ever do have questions for us, just make sure to post them because we do this every week and we'll probably end up answering your questions. And then we're going to finish it off the best part of every podcast from now on. Wise words from Will. And this one's pretty wise, so. It is really good you're not going to want to miss it you've got something different coming down the pot down the podcast pipeline i was truly blown away and it's like poetry man whenever you talk about subarus it just flows will has some janky snow tires on his car or lack i don't even have snow tires right now i literally have like summer slick tires on my car so so i've been giving them rides up here he meets at my house and then we drive on up here and i was kind of like curious that you said you have a friend who has a turbocharged lamborghini and access to track time and, and you haven't the, told me about this man before well i just thought about him because when i was living in seattle i used to race him all the time and it was like a thing that we did i raced this car to like make content for my moto vlogs uh-huh. And I was thinking about it, and he was, like, super down for media creation. I used to do Instagram stuff for him, like, film his car and make it look cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just thought about it, and I was like, dang, I really want to verse the ruckus against the Lamborghini. I think that'd be so cool. I just don't understand why you haven't told me this before. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, it's something, like, in a past life that I wasn't even thinking about. And then I was driving to work today like before because i drive all the way from another city to come work here uh-huh. so <laughs> i was just thinking about today and i was like man none of the things i build for street get to be on the street like every time i take it to the street everyone's like whoa whoa be careful and i'm like but it's supposed to go fast man that's why <laughs> i built it it's supposed that's, to be like absurd that's true and i have to take these things and be like very responsible with them and i'm like i can't test these things how they're really meant to go so i've been wanting to do something and i was thinking like i mean i wouldn't call this guy with a lamborghini like a best bud but he's like an acquaintance so he just wasn't at the top of my mind but then i was like i did business with a dude who has a twin turbocharged like audi r8 and a lamborghini that's been tuned by some like super prestigious like race car company and i was like that would be sick and the ruckus it would always win like i don't think any car could beat that thing so are you that confident though because suspension is such a big part of acceleration really yeah (laughs) well have you seen like the documentaries on the race bikes and like all the attention they spend to like all that kind of information I know, but race bike suspension is like really small, you know, like this small, maybe this small. 
Yeah. Like, there can't be that much technology in that thing, but man. there's the math and the leverage and... Yeah, but I just think that the ruckus will win because it is so powerful. Like, if I told you, hey, I'm just going to strap a CBR-1000 engine to me and just drive around, like, I'd be the fastest thing known to man. So that's essentially what you're doing. That thing only weighs like 100 pounds. Yeah. I don't feel like... It will win. Up to 50, it'd be okay. You have a little bit of suspension in the tires. I just think anything over 50 is going to feel absolutely sketchier than the <laughs> devil. <laughs> Dude, we just put the upgraded tires on there. Yeah. But you have no suspension, and you have way more weight than those front forks ever did have. And if you did need to slow down... But the down, whole point is to not to have weight on the front forks. We don't want the front on the ground, really, like, if you think about it. <laughs> That's true. The, the weight's going to be going backwards like this, so I'm mm. going to have all my weight on a hardtail. And that thing was designed to beat things on the street, not to beat the colonel. It was, a beat, it was built to beat Lamborghini Huracans. So I didn't know I, that that was your intention. Yeah, that's why I built it, man. I was tired of getting smoked on my normal street bikes by, like, very fast things, you know? Yeah. I don't know what could be a real fast, like, yeah. a, a 1,000, but... How did you meet this guy? I met him because I was doing moto vlogs at the time, and I had connections to Ducati Seattle, because my friend did marketing for them before they got all crooked and Ducati Seattle is not a thing anymore or it's under new management. So I'm sure it's very nice now if you're listening and you guys let me drive Panagolis and stuff and I really appreciate it. But <laughs> that was really, um, that connection through there kind of got me into a connection. How did you get guy. that connection? I just reached out to them one day. I'm just an 18 year old, like with like a janky, like 1000 CC motorcycle. I pulled up and I was like, I would like to test drive this Panagali with like carbon fiber all over it. And I was like, I'm an influencer. I only had like 20 subscribers. Uh-huh. And they didn't look at my account at all. They were just like, oh, nice. So you're gonna make like a review of it. And they gave it to me for the whole day. And I just drove around like. And you made a months. video? Yeah. I have the video. Is Somewhere. it good? Actually, in the video, I said that the Panagali sucks. <laughs> Because it was jank as heck, dude. <laughs> it was not nice. It sounded like it was going to fall apart. So I was like, I told the people what they needed to hear. I was like, probably shouldn't buy the Panagali. It's not very nice. <laughs> How much is it? Like insanity, right? It's a lot of money. The one that, well, I don't know Ducati's very well because they're out of my price range. <laughs> but Ducati's, they kind of go like the Panagali and then the Panagali V4 and then like all these other things and these trims and all this stuff. And this was, like, the top trim. It had, like, carbon fiber all over it, and it was really nice. It was, like, the track-ready one. So it even had, like, all the little knickknacks that you need for the oh. track. Well, I meant, like, is the video good? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not really. It's not, because I had 20 subscribers, and I just told people the truth instead of being a sellout, which if I had been a sellout, it would have been really good because I would have been, like, wow, man, this thing could be so great driving around. But then I got on it and I was like, the seat feels like it's made out of cardboard, man. This is not nice. <laughs> and I'm just driving this like super expensive bike that's like rattling and like 
Huh. They just let me take this. An 18-year-old shows up to your dealership, asks you if you can borrow the most expensive <laughs> bike on the lot, and they just, just were like, a nice. A 18-year-old dude. <laughs> me. Swindle Willie. Yeah, and they didn't check anything. They didn't even ask me if I had insurance. They just gave me this motorcycle, and were like, yeah, just drive it around Seattle. And so I drove around Seattle, like one of the most terrible places to drive bikes because people aren't looking for you on this bright red, awesome motorcycle that now, with my knowledge, with my knowledge now, I would have appreciated it. But before, it was so much power, I just wasn't really using. Mm. So I couldn't appreciate the bike because I was like, this is, I was used to janky like Japanese sports bikes and mm-hmm. that's a V4. and. Like now, I'd wring its neck and it'd be fun. <laughs> but <laughs> back then, I wasn't like that. So. Wow, I can't believe they didn't even check insurance. Yeah, or... I have a picture of it. We could throw it up on the podcast. It's All just right. me on a Panigale, like on my tiptoes, because I barely could stand on that thing, dude. It was like raised up a little bit. I was like, oh no, if I drop this and they find out who I am. How much does it roughly cost? Like 20 grand? It's yeah, it's like a $30,000 bike. Holy for uh, a bike, yeah, dude. For a bike. But wow. it is red, so I mean, you're getting what you paid for. But <laughs> nice. Nice. So you meet this Ducati dealer. Yeah, so I I kind of get connections with this Ducati dealer through one of my friend's brothers because he worked there, so I just kind of like didn't even get the connection through him. I just knew of it from him and then i walked in there with confidence and they believed you if if you want to do something you just gotta do everything you do with confidence and it will usually work out you learn that from playing gta well i mean possibly but (laughs) i mean if you walk in somewhere and you act like you just know what you're doing people are gonna be like dang this person knows what he's doing and then that's just a way that i live my life so i just walked in there just kind of assuming that I would get to drive that bike around and I got to, but I got those connections because I just did that. And then through that, I was like making videos on the internet about riding fast motorcycles. And then I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, I make videos. You want me to make videos of your car? I'll trade you. All you gotta do is race me on my motorcycle in your Lamborghini for a video I'm making. And then I'll make you a video for your Instagram. And then that's kind of how that relationship started. Trade work. And was that a good video? That was a good video. Okay. I have that video. That was, nice. a, that was like a slick, like cool edit, you know, like nice music, good nice. tempo. Nice. Mm-hmm. Who won? Uh, he did, actually. I ra- the first time I raced him on my R6 and I didn't know shift points really well. So like I shifted way too early on first gear. Mm. and I had him at first, and then once I got into second gear, he was already, like, full spool, and he was like, gee, and then he popped his tire. <laughs> oh, shit. Which he told me later was, like, a $4,000 tire. I was like, for a race that he did for a kid on making an Instagram video. <laughs> That's what I can't believe about the story. Like, you have your way of, like, swindling your way into all these kind of situations. Yeah. Yep, and that one, like, I actually do have videos um, that I could pull up, and it's a really cool car. That car is awesome. It looks like a fighter jet, and it was really fun, too. I didn't, I've never gotten to ride in it, though. I just raced it a couple times, so. Did you race the R8? No, but he was like, 
yeah, we should line up and do one with the R8. And I was like, oh, that's sick. I didn't even know it was twin turbocharged. And then he showed me a photo. And the twin turbocharged for R8 costs like 40 grand. It's insane. Like for that kit, just for the turbos. Holy smokes. Yeah, a Subaru turbo costs like 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the it's turbo in R8, world. it's insane. It's super expensive. So it's cool that he has that. I don't know how he makes this money. It's very like interesting about that. He never said. No, not really. He just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I won't say much about that. But <laughs> and maybe he has a past life. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy, though. He's really cool. And he had a lot of restraint, which I didn't, if I were to hang out with him now, I'd probably be like, wow, that's cool. This guy owns, like, all these super fast cars, and he's restraining himself on the street. If I owned one, like, I'm a changed man now. <laughs> You guys got to listen to the next, next podcast or something when I talk about my changed situation. But um, back when I was a rap scallion, I probably would destroy that car. Yeah, this is what I don't know about you being a changed man, though. I'm a crazily changed man. So you got run over by a truck with your street bike. Yep. Now you don't have any street bike. You blew up the engine in your Subaru. Yeah. So now you just have your little normal car that you literally <laughs> told me doesn't have VTEC and can't even go 80 miles an hour downhill. It red lights at 4,000 right now. It's terrible. I literally can't go past 80. Like I just yeah. sit there rev limitering. So I don't know if you are a changed man or if you have <laughs> changed circumstances. Well, you got to think about it in more of a logical sense. Okay. I'm thinking about it. I quit the vape. Yeah, good job. And I get sleep, and uh -huh. I show up to work on time or early now. And how much and of that is you not having a motorcycle you're racing around all night? And I dedicate time to my projects a lot more. True. And you got to think, before my changed man experience, mm -hmm. I didn't have those things still. That's true, but you did have fast motorcycles. No. It's been like a month or two since I got ran over by a truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how are you so normal, dude? Isn't that crazy? You don't even limp anymore. No. Do you have no pain even in your no. scars? Yeah, my, uh, the, like, legal team that's working on me getting ran over by a truck, they called me, and yeah. they're like, so, like, how many times have you been to the hospital? I was like, once. And they're like, oh, and they're like, so you're going to, like, order, like, walking therapy and stuff. And I was like, no. And they're like, should, dude. They were, like, asking me all these questions. I was like, I feel better than I ever have after getting ran over by that truck. It, like, realigned my spine. Before the truck experience, I had, like, scoliosis, man. Now my back is, like, nice. <laughs> nice like and straight. A good old hell yeah brother yeah. tire right over the Best back. Best chiropractic experience I ever did have. And your dad's a chiropractor. Yeah. But if you get hit by a truck in the right kind of way, it just fixes you. I My my hips always kind of went like this a little bit. And then I got yoinked, and they're just nice now. Everything's just working out. But what I'm saying is I have had no motorcycle, no fast cars for two months. That is right. Before yeah. the experience. And now I'm a changed man. Like, And it wasn't because of those things. Maybe a little bit. But it's like a changed mindset now. 
Because with a fast motorcycle, I can get to work faster. But it was like a mindset, you know? Yeah. So my mindset's been changed. And that's good because there's some fast vehicles coming down the pipeline. <laughs> so I'm glad that I'm changed now to accept those into my life in a more responsible way. Is that what you're sticking to? Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have any more running from the police stories when you get your motorcycle in the spring? Nope. No more running from the police stories. Not at all. How could you say? Unless my hand is forced. Well, your hand would be forced if there was a car lighting up his lights behind you and you had enough gas to get away. What would you do? Well, I think when you decide to run from the police, you need to weigh the consequences and rewards. Yeah. And I know the consequences very well because I've been dealt them. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So like, I know what's going to happen if I get pulled over doing 120 miles an hour, it's going to be bad, which is going to bring me to my next point. This is the start of the new Willie podcast. So I'm, I'm, I have a new story after this, after I give you guys some advice on this, but, okay. Um, basically you, you need to calculate the consequences and reward. If you're going 120 miles an hour, keep going. Like you would, you'd be devolving, not evolving. If you stopped doing something like that, they'll take your motorcycle, put you in jail. Might as well just keep going. You'll just lose everything you have. Do you remember the day you came to work? And you're like, hey, guys, I got pulled over. I might go to jail. <laughs> That's a perfect wrap the into my... The only reason why you said you pulled over is because you didn't have enough <laughs> gas to run away. Yeah, it was bad. He said, now I have a one-eighth tank rule. I don't speed if I have less than an eighth of a tank because that's not enough gas to run away. Yeah, and that's lessons learned. I mean, I've even been pulled over by cops that have told me, like, you should have ran. Yeah, you told me that like three times. Like, yeah, oh, yeah this cop told me that I should have ran. Yeah. So I've, I have been pulled over. These are real people, and they do shenanigans just like me. I have cops pull me over sometimes, and they'll be like, yeah, man, these are my favorite places to wheelie on my R1. Really? These are my fast things that I do on mine. That must mine. be in Washington, not no, Idaho. No, Idaho. Like, there's Jigsaw Boys. There's a Jigsaw boy that lives on this street. I saw him pull you over. He went into the opposite lane and blocked the entire road. And he said, I'm not even pulling you over for your speed. And he pulls up a sticky note, has my name on it. And he's like, he's like, I just want to ask you to be more respectful on this road because I drive a Jigsaw 1000 and I don't want to get my reputation removed from this road. He was worried that. People would think it was him being reckless. On yeah. The road. And then he t- continues to tell me, he's like, I like driving reckless, man. I like driving 200 miles an hour and all this stuff. Just don't do it on your home turf. Yeah. That's a good rule. Don't and I was like, okay, eat. that's respectful. And I stopped speeding forevermore on that road because if a dude on a motorcycle, that's a cop tells me that it's like more personal. You know, if I was a cop, I'd go around telling kids that I'd be like, I used to speed on this road. Until I changed. And they'd be like, wow. I'd be a good cop, I think. Do you think they I'd would let you be people. one with your record? 
Yeah, I think so. I guess you never technically got a felony. Mm-mm. Yep. You were this close. <laughs> if when you were so on probation close. last time, if you would have got a... Remember when I called during lunch? Remember that? Oh, yeah. When they caught me going 170 miles an hour to work? <laughs> yeah. They didn't catch me. They lined, They had a police officer wait in Sandpoint because I knew that was the direction I was heading. Uh-huh. I show up. I'm going the speed limit, so I pull over because that's my rule. If I'm obeying the law, you pull over. Yeah. I pull over, and he's like, so, and he, like, pulls out photos of me, and he's like, do you want to tell me this is you right now or <laughs> just, like, going, like, super fast? Yeah. and then you, at lunch, you called your lawyer, and he said, do not call the officer. You're like, I feel like I just got to call him and tell yep. him I'm sorry. And I did. And I heard the phone call, dude. Will gets on the <laughs> phone with this officer who that morning caught him red-handed with pitchers going 170 or yep. whatever. And you always have the phone volume on your phone like super loud. Because I can't hear anymore, dude. I've been working with Grindheart for almost like three it's years It's not now. working with Grindheart. It's My driving years. straight piped motorcycles. <laughs> For hours on end. <laughs> That's what it's from. You can't blame this on work. Oh, no. I think it's partially. We always tell you to wear earplugs I and know, muffs. But now I am. So I'm changed. And my ears will regrow. But I could hear this officer. And he was like, oh, yeah, I get it, man. Being super cool. And you were on probation at the time. Mm-hmm. It was really dangerous. You would have gotten a felony. Three months in jail. Felony, like $10,000 bail. It would have been so bad. It would not have been funny. It would have been so bad. So I had to pull some strings. I had to call. It was just like, when your lawyer told you not to do it, I was like, I don't know anything about anything. Mm -hmm. Except for lawyers are formally trained to deal with this kind of thing. Yeah, but they're not, they're not trained by the street. I'm trained. I'm trained by the street. I know what's best. They can be like, oh, that's not good. But I know a young man apologizing for something that he did just tugs the heartstrings of people. Even if it's a lie? Well, I mean, it was partially the truth. I think you call that a white lie. It's a truthful situation. I mean, at some point in my life, I did just get a motorcycle. I was wondering what the justification was going to be. That was a good justification, wasn't it? No. Yeah. Straight to jail if I was the cop. <laughs> no. Straight to jail. No, because these cops, cops are awesome. I love the cops. But these cops are just as ribunctious as me. Usually, these cops used to be just like me. So if you can talk to them and be like, hey, look, I'm not always going to be like this. I'm going to evolve and I'm going to change. And one day, you might even see me driving down your block in a Corolla. They'll be like, wow, nice. If you can make them think that you're not the kid with the loud, turbocharged, Honda Civic, ring dinging off the red limiter in the Super 1 parking lot and actually... You're a 40-year-old man with his whole life in front of him. You're just, just about changing perspective. 
And so that's what I do. I'm really good at changing people's perspective on things. I, I'm, good, I'm good at explaining things in a way that I'm, I think I'm good at explaining things the way I see it, you know? And if I was a cop, I would want to hear that it was my first time on a motorcycle and I didn't know what I was doing and I'm really sorry. So that's the story here. Okay. What is the stickiest situation you've ever talked yourself out of? <sighs> Honestly, that was a really big one because that, that was the one with most consequences, I think. And since then, he actually, he talked some sense into me. He was like, if I ever catch you doing this again, you're going to go to jail for a long time. I was like, makes sense. And I won't do it again. And I didn't really do it again. <laughs> that was before like your that. accident. You told me you were doing wheelies up and going crazy <laughs> speeds in North Spokane. Yeah, but that's Spokane. That's different. I don't have any points in Spokane. So I can kind of do what I want over there. Not in Idaho. Idaho's strict with my points. I'm fully pointed out. But I am off probation. I am a changed man. And I was thinking about it on the way here today. Is I'm actually really grateful this year for all the police that did give me chances and did like work with me to change my perspective on things because uh, they took the chance and they took the risk of letting me go. Even though I am kind of swindly to teach me a lesson. And I think I've finally learned that lesson. I think I'm starting to change. I don't know if it is the fact that I don't, own fast cars right now or it's the off season for motorcycles but it also feels like i am like actually realizing that there's repercussions for your actions and um yeah i think you are changed and i think too if if you're an officer and you're looking at your paperwork and you're like all right this kid's 22 this last ticket would like ruin me ruin him like it'd be hard for him to keep a job it'd be hard for him to get a job yeah. with a recent felony and all this stuff like i do see him <clears throat> looking at your case and being like okay one more straw but that's it and the amount of one more that i've gotten in my life from law enforcement is insane and so i do have like an insane level of respect for them and i know i tell all these stories about running and doing all this stuff but those are really small sections of my life and everyone has done this once or twice but i have not run from the police well not i guess not on the motorcycle yeah it's just a faster way to do something <laughs> so i've done mistakes in my life but i'm out of that section of my life now and i have been driving for like three months with no tickets not even a run-in with the police officers and so now you're graduating the street racing twin turbo R8s with yeah. a ruckus. I've realized that there's a way to do reckless activities in a safe way, in a safe environment. And so I'm deciding to choose to make things that can do the most reckless activities at my job because I realized I have an opportunity to make more reckless things than anyone in the world, basically. At Grindhard? Yeah. It's a very so exponentially that job compared to any other yeah. job so i decided um this recent trip i had a lot of realizations that i did um 
And I just basically decided that I'm going to start making the most reckless things I can make in a quality manner mm -hmm. and not use them on the street because it's not really fun anymore. Like I'm kind of over just taking fast things that really smart people made and doing bad things with them. Just kind of over it. It's kind of boring. Well, there's not much more you can do. You kind of maxed out that side quest. Yeah, and it's just kind of boring now. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, wheelies will always be fun and stuff, but, like, the level of recklessness that I was doing Way is not worse fun. Than a it's just not fun anymore, you know? Yeah, it's like anything else. Once you do it, you kind of done it. Mm -hmm. So I've just kind of come to the realization that that's not what I want to do anymore. I want to do it, like, off-road or on a closed track. and do it more, you know, do more of it, but just in a safe way. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Very responsible. Maybe we'll see Will make it to his 30s. I think for a while there, I did not, to be honest. <laughs> now I have more hope than ever that you will. I was always rooting for you, but part of me, when you like show up with like scratches all <laughs> over your face and your shoes are on the wrong feet, and I'm like, Will, what happened to you last <laughs> night? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Because you actually didn't know. Yeah, I know. For a second there, I was like living so much more life than is even possible to live that like it started to damage me a little bit. You but. know the whole burning the candle at both ends? Yeah. You were I was like, burning it in the middle. Just like a bunch of wicks coming yeah. out of a round candle with everything lit at the same time. Just like. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, now I have a little Honda Civic. It's don't call. It's uh painted don't pull me over blue and it red lights at 4000 rpm and it, it's amazingly like, i don't get in trouble with the law anymore i can just drink a coffee on the way to work don't smell oil don't have to replace a head gasket every week it's like oh my gosh if you are a struggling subaru individual <laughs> and you need to get your head on straight and you need to focus on life for a second get a honda civic it's nice a manual honda civic that's nice. <laughs> like, that's the kind of car I used to draw as a kid, and they're really premium. Like, I don't know much else to say about them. They're just really normal. They don't really go anywhere very fast, but they go forwards, backwards, turn really well. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's like a support line for Subarus. Yeah. You would have a good Subaru support line. Yeah, and it gives me the opportunity to work on my Subaru without driving my Subaru, because Subarus are not daily drivers at all. Anyone who's driving a Subaru right now is making a mistake because <laughs> at some point you're going to have the problems that everyone does and it's going to stress you out, especially if you're kind of young and you have to drive an hour to work every day or more. Subaru is not the choice for you, my friend. It is not. It is not. I had to wake up in the morning every morning, check my oil, lick my oil. Like check all my connections, make sure they're good. Like get my car ready to go to work. Uh -huh. Now I just turn it on go, and I go. That's what most people do, man. I can't believe that's how <laughs> people have been living their lives. It's really eye-opening. You've never had that before. No, I've your never last had. yellow car was one of your most reliable cars oh, ever. It was so reliable. And it then I not. took it apart, man. That was the most reliable thing. I can't believe you did that. And it was already fast and cool. Yeah, it was fast, and it made whooshy noises. It was so awesome. And then I took it apart and just cut it into pieces, basically. 
I think that's man. a good place to move on to the Q&A section of the podcast. We're doing a formulaic podcast now. Yeah. So we're going to do story time, Q&A, quick Q&A, and then end it with a wise word from Will. We've already ended a lot of podcasts this way, but this is how we're going to end this one. So, so if you want to ask us questions, we do polls on the YouTube channel and we do polls on Instagram. So if you're on either of those, that's how you get access and we're gonna be doing this every week so oh yeah every month we're gonna be answering a lot of questions which is good because so many people have so many questions i see in the comments all the time and we respond to as many as we can but, but you also can't convey what we really mean like through text yeah like if i'm replying to a comment i can't say what i would say on a video so it's mm -hmm. nice to be able to respond to them on the podcasts yes I just had this pulled up, man. <laughs> oh. Here we go. 49. We'll do the bangers. All right. Tim says, growing up in southeast Idaho, I've always wondered if northern Idaho feels like a completely different state. I'm from the potato country, so I can relate to the jokes. You guys are even in a different time zone. <clears throat> this isn't a hard-hitting question, but one that comes to my mind. When I watch your videos, love the 208. Absolutely is a different place. Mm -hmm. um, when you say you live in Idaho, people think that you're living. He's in Eastern. Yeah, potato I, country. Eastern Idaho is like a different country altogether. Yeah. It is potato farms, flat, nothing going on down there, like compared to here. Like, yeah, it is just different. This is like being in Denver, Colorado without any people in it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's things to do in Eastern Idaho, but when I go down there, I'm like, what the devil? We have mountains, yeah. lakes, a lot more snow. Yeah. I mean, it's, and the, the general vibe of people up here, especially we're in pretty rural North Idaho, is like everyone kind of has their property and keeps to their own and doesn't bother each other. But like, if you're broken down on the side of the road, like everyone will help you. people pull over to try to help you. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Crazy. Like people are really nice here and people are nice. And, and, uh, in all parts of Idaho, like I've experienced like a lot of nice. It's just way more spread out in Eastern Idaho. Like if you were to break down on one of those roads out there in the potato farm, you might be out there for a couple days. Like, yeah, <laughs> it is pretty spread out and there is no mountains, yeah. but there is still like a lot of cool things to do down there. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very different. And it doesn't hit until you hit like the upper North panhandle. When you get to the yeah. lakes, the mountains, it's like you go from a mountain every once in a while to like a compression. It's like a Lord of the Rings map up here. Like yeah. there's, so many mountains i'll never do even just all the snowmobile trails that we can access from oh, our yeah. backyard you like you could possibly. go all the way through montana to here i've had friends that have done like more dirt bike trails adventures that don't even live in north idaho than we do and we have like kind of known for having really good single track riding for dirt biking too but and i feel like in this location it also kind of we have a lot more access to like we're close to canada we're close to Montana, we're close to Washington. Like we are, we're closer to a lot of exploring places. So, yeah, mm -hmm. different. Exactly. Well, Melissa here 
says, any chances of doing Grindhard goes abroad? I'd love to see you travel a country, build a vehicle, use it while you're there. Australia would be sick. I'm going to heart that one. That would be very cool. We have been talking about a lot of more big picture ideas, and we really want to make a movie. The first time we talked about the movie was on this podcast, and we're just going to call it Sent and Bent the Movie. And we've had various ideas. I think what I would like to do first is to do something in a state we've never gone to. We just keep keep coming back to Florida. Like Grind Hard Goes to Florida would be such an amazing It would be movie, amazing. Especially now that the GTA 6 trailer is out. <laughs> and that just has all the Florida vibes. Yeah. It's like, yes. If we did a movie where we like ship some of our stuff to Florida, did a build there, did Swamp Fest, like did the alligator thing. There's so many other car YouTubers there we could collaborate with while we're there. I know. Like, it's like where they all movie. are. Yeah. Yeah. I think going first to a different state and then maybe going out of the country would be really cool. Yeah. I think it would be like a progression. Like the first movie would be like Grindhard goes to Florida. Second movie could be Grindhard goes to Australia. Oh, but that'd be sick. It's definitely on the to-do list. Definitely going to happen eventually. It's just kind of hard to... Like, I mean, we've got so many projects going on right now, and it's just, it is hard to get a whole group of people and move them over to Australia to do a video. So it'd be, would be something that we did, like, thinking into the future. Yeah, and it's something, too, which kind of plays into our next question here. We would need to be super far ahead in content to be able to do that and remain posting weekly, especially something like Australia, where... If you're going to go all the way there, you got to stay at least a couple weeks, probably like three weeks if we wanted to build something while yeah. we were there. And so it's like to get three weeks ahead, we put so much time and energy into every single one of our videos that we're basically editing until the last second. Yeah. But we just have help from our first editor, Bonnie. He edited the EV go-kart video, and that's the first uh, video that I haven't edited at all, which is really yeah. cool. The Chang Lee video he did too, the first one. There's more to come on the Chang Lee. There is much, <laughs> much more to come on the Chang Lee. But with this week is like the first time that I've had the ability to like come here, really kind of brainstorm these things to get ahead. Yeah. Then once we're ahead, that's when we stop dropping these bigger balls. That's when things start happening. That's when the yeah. upgrades start coming. And the next question from Rehab 2 is, how far in advance do you plan your videos? And do you budget projects or just do what you can at the time? We really just do what we can at the time. We do not budget projects. <laughs> we actually waste a lot of money, Yeah, to be honest. Like, when we went and bought the limo, we were just so excited and so blinded. And then as, like, the first rain, the whole thing is full of water. And, like, as we're driving, the roof just peels off. And we're like, oh, no. Just this is full of rust. All the tires are balding and, like, breaking. <laughs> and it's like, because time and money are obviously closely related in business. And it's like, things like that, we just saw it. We had the vision for the video. We didn't care how long it took, how much it cost. We wanted to make it. We're all creative people, and we're all passionate people about these weird swindle things. So we were like, 
Yes, we'll figure it out later. But we should do a little bit of planning and budgeting. I don't even probably think we really do planning. Like when it came down to the limo, it was like, see it, want it, buy it. Like just yeah. showed up. Like the next day, it's like, hey, we're going to go get this long limo. Especially for you, because we know you're always down. Yeah. Ethan and I do plan a little bit. Well, like, for me, okay. it actually doesn't make, like, I do not hear about these things until like, I wake up in the morning, start getting ready for work. And it's like, hey, you know that lemo we saw at lunch yesterday? Yeah. Um, we're going to buy that right now. <laughs> Bring six days worth of clothes. <laughs> so yeah, not planned ahead at all. No. No budgets at all. Sometimes we wait, like if there's like an expensive part or whatever, we wait until like we get like a brand deal or something to like justify the cost. Like the Tesla was one that I wanted to do for a very, very long time, like before the Model 3 even came out. Yeah. And then we finally got an eBay Motors deal that allowed us to make that happen where they basically paid for the initial cost of the car and our contract. So we're like, okay, then we can do the rest out of pocket, flying to the East Coast, buying all the parts we need, shipping it back here. You know, it's what we do is really expensive compared to what a lot of yeah. other YouTube channels do. And it's like, I think that's a thing that we struggle with in growth to where we've never taken out a business loan for anything. None of our builds projects have been under loan. We've always done cash, which I'm proud of and it's more of like a slow growth strategy than some other channels but it is slow yeah but i like it because it'd be pretty stressful to like get a loan on something and then have to have the videos perform and like yeah now if a video performs like it, you're still out of cash but like you don't owe someone on that project <laughs> exactly like if we were in debt for the tesla we'd have we have way more videos planned for that but it just didn't perform mm -hmm. and you guys weren't into it. So we just moved on to the next thing. And since we waited until we could just buy it cash, we didn't have to release more videos, more videos it. when there wasn't interest. So yeah, let's hear 2J mower update. It's and in the garage now. <laughs> it sure is. And Ethan said it started. He, he started it up the other day. Um, actually, Will's working on the Chang Lee right now, but after that, I want to do a whole video where we just take that thing to an actual dyno shop. It has a um Heltech. Heltech. Bam. Mm -hmm. Ready to go. Two Jay-Z. It needs a Heltech. couple sensors, I think. That's what what that's what I was. asked Ethan, and he said we don't. He said we just gotta get the timing and the air fuel right and it'll be good. Oh, then what the heck? Why didn't we I do that a long time no, ago? No, man, we just got busy Come on, on man. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is, is I'm getting a real truck because eventually we just have to do things. I'm getting it soon. I'm pretty sure that every podcast has some section in it where Edwin needs a Edwin's car. Edwin's like, hmm, my truck will be here one day soon. <laughs> my truck blew up over a year ago. I've been daily driving yeah. the Tesla. The Mad Max Tesla, but but yeah, so the 2J mower, I'd give us a couple months. We'll have a video of it on a dyno. We'll see how many ponies we're making. And I then we basically need smaller tires so that the gearing is better for how it's set up. And then we're going to rally the Did that absolute... thing ever drive? Oh, yeah, dude. We did donuts in the yard. We drove it on top of the fire truck. Oh. 
Yeah, I remember it driving on top of the fire truck. I just it don't just, remember it ripping. No, because the like it's really ripping. low on power because it's not tuned right. Yeah, it was. We didn't even have a base tune. No, I guess we did eventually. You have to. Yeah, have a yeah. We had the base tune, and then like it just we had the time. And it's issue. an NA, so two J. So yeah. I mean, if but it's not, we'll be cooking once yeah. we get going. But yeah, yeah. And then second part of this question's for you, Will. Oh. And definitely more stories of near-death experiences and swindlier stuff from what will. Huh? From Will. He is living he is living a time machine. He's just traveling through life at different pace than the rest of us. Oh, you did say oh. that on the last podcast. You're like, I just travel different. <laughs> what? <laughs> I need the, to watch that. It was I don't the same podcast that. where you were saying that you have different accents depending on how smart the person you're talking to is. Oh, yeah. I remember saying that. And then you said you experience life differently at different times and spaces than most people. I do. Yeah, I, I definitely do. And it's cool to hear that someone wants to hear that because there's a lot of people in the comments that want me to grow up and evolve. And I am doing that, but I'm always going to continue to be swindly. Yeah. So you're always going to get swindly stories from me. They probably will just become more upgraded as I age. And maybe my time and space will change depending on that. And Will won't let me ask him about Nicaragua and tell his girlfriends on the yeah. podcast. So I would, I have a feeling that some near death you're gonna hear so many near-death experiences from me going to a different country when katie gets on this podcast i've been trying to get her but she was just sick and like she was calming down after nicaragua so uh, she'll be on the podcast soon and you definitely get to get a lot more stories about almost dying all right. Sure. all right so much so that it literally changed me as a human being, so. I just can't believe I'm really. I'm changed. No, I am changed. You are actually changed. It's insane. Like, all the interventions, even the podcast <laughs> intervention, like we've had so many interventions for Will. Like how I met your mother, level of interventions, like one or two a season. How many interventions have you had this year? From interventions, just, just from Ethan you guys. And I. I've at least had 25 interventions, <laughs> like real ones. Like, not like, oh, well, that's not good to do. Like, yeah, like real, sitting like, me down and being like, well, we're worried you're not going to make it into work tomorrow because <laughs> you're going to get destroyed. <laughs> we, like, bring them in on the couch or we, like, mm -hmm. talk at lunch and we're like, all right, Will, a real intervention. Yep. I've had about 25 this year and going to Nicaragua changed me right away. Like, <laughs> so... Yeah, so that podcast is going to be nice. If you there want to hear swindly stories, just tune in for that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's do one more question, okay? and then let's go to wise words from Will. This one's for me since you weren't here when we started. But, wow, Gordon Ramsay. Huh? The man himself? This profile picture, it's not verified, but I think it looks pretty legit to me. <laughs> He says, what drove you to start Grind Hard? Did you think it would work out the way that it is? If you ask me, did you think it would work out as far as like turn it into a job? I absolutely did. The way that it is, no one <laughs> ever could have imagined the swindliness we got up yeah. to. But 
it was I'd been trying YouTube channels and fiddling around with cameras and editing forever. Like even when I was a little kid doing like little fake music videos like the mm. screen. I won that on a MySpace that music video competition. We have a Vizio. It was like when 1080 screens first came out and I won a rap video competition to win that screen. Thing I is older than me. I produced the track with my friend Lane. It was he, two of our friends, freestyle rap on the beat, filmed nice. a music video. I edited it and we won that screen that we still use until literally today we replaced the screen. <laughs> yeah. So I'd been like always really curious and into this kind of thing, but it's really when I wanted to build a drift car and I realized that drift cars were expensive. And then I realized that people with YouTube channels got drift car parts for free. <laughs> I was like, what? I love that that's why you created it because that is like the most simple thing. People are always thinking it's all this like a huge storyline. It's like, <laughs> I just wanted to drift cars and get some parts for free. Yeah. Well, like the, because there's already a handful of channels doing it. Like mm -hmm. we were late to the party. Super late. Like, People were making the, YouTube their job Yeah, years before. Like the C boys were doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, Boosted boys really doing it. Cletus was already doing it, like doing it well, like buying yeah. houses, making money. Like, I don't know if the Seaboys at the time were at like buy house money, but definitely a good handful of people were. And I love their videos, but since I just have a different background and like a more cinematic background and like the documentaries and commercials I was making, I was like 100% sure that I could make the videos better than some of what was out there mm. that was getting a lot of attention and ethan had already made like the viral videos of the tree houses so i already knew that he could craft things worthy of viral attention what i couldn't have seen coming was our first video going as viral as it did i was really lucky and that's like every podcast you ever listen to of like how to start a youtube channel yeah. i still do because i'm always looking for information on how to do things better but Every single one is like, don't, you won't get lucky your first try. Like, there's no way you get a viral YouTube video, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, it's years and years of grinding until you find your craft or whatever. Like, the first one was a million views. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, in the news in 18 countries, and it just blew up. But it was, like, partly because the concept had never happened before. The fact that it was filmed and edited in a pretty quality way. Like our quality has gotten better since the beginning, but like not that much. Yeah. And the if beginning you think about it, the format was already there. It's like the it existed same thing. in Ethan and I's head mm -hmm. before it started. It's just that we were equipped to like make it happen. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, even still everyone says like overnight excess, just like doesn't happen. And that wasn't what that was like, you know, we weren't monetized. No one was getting paid for many months. Like, but it was a huge confidence boost that like, cause I spent the last bits of my money on that go-kart. Yeah. The, the power wheels body. I just was so sure that it would work. Yeah. So I guess it's a long way of answering the question that I did know it would work. I just thought that we were going to have to like, 
grind for six months or a year to like barely scrape by more than we were making doing what we were already doing. Yeah. What I didn't realize is that like we'd have that boost of confidence right in the beginning. Then we kind of got lucky getting like a really good deal on that Tacoma. Like those, I didn't have any money and we got it for like 300 bucks. That is still ridiculous to me. Yeah. That, like even for a rolled over one, like, yeah, that just, just doesn't happen. All those parts are valuable. Like yeah. it was just like, you know, it was totaled on my parents' property. Yeah. It was like he would have to pay to get it moved, do something, nah, 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 whatever. And I was just up there and I was like, that's a truck. We could turn it into something cooler than what now it is. Now it's turned into the crunchy taco. <laughs> exactly. Nice. And then after that, like, yeah. Got that BMW for really cheap, hacked the back off, went to Gambler. It was kind of right when the OG Gambler was at like the peak of its attention, like being on Jay Leno, the first donut videos coming out about it. So we were still an unknown channel. We Doing brought this things. really cool thing to Gambler, which was just about to take the limelight. Like that was definitely a right place in the right time. That video wasn't even that viral, but it kind of like, you got into the community. It like that. stapled us to the giants. Yeah. Like if Jay Leno and Donut were like already the biggest of the car community, and we just put a little sticky note that said Grind Hard Plumbing Company <laughs> and just whack with a stapler right in their knees. We I like, like that explanation. We were associated with the giants from that point. Yeah. And then when we were on Jay Leno's garage and we got to be on Donut, then like, now I think the way we're seen is kind of like, like we're nowhere near as big as Donut, but it's like, if you ask someone who has the big channels about cars, we'd probably show up on the list in the top 20. Yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Cletus, like, you know, Doug DeBiro, like Chris oh, yeah. Fix, like huge, huge channels, like yeah, insane how big some of those channels are. But we'd be on the list. Oh, yeah. I've seen videos where we're on the list. Like, it's oh, on yeah? there. Yeah. People are like, these are my top, like, 10 people I watch grind hard. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. we have, like, quite a bit of sticky notes on the yeah. Giants now. And, like, the way that our content is, it's, like, not like we're trying to be a giant. No. Like, we're just trying to have as much fun as possible. Quality content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it goes to it's all that matters is having as much fun as possible on the day to day, because that's what makes you happy in general. Yeah, and then making the best pieces of art is what I'm passionate about video wise, and it's what Ethan's definitely passionate about construction wise. Yeah, like the monster chopper is like, if it wasn't a chopper, it would just be the coolest structure sculpture. Yeah, sculpture. Someone would make that without an engine. Yeah, and it'd be the coolest steel sculpture you've ever seen. Yeah. And then I'd like to think with Steven's filming and my editing mm -hmm. and kind of creative direction or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We don't have official titles at Grind Hard. <laughs> creative Swindle <direction>. Brothers. <laughs> Will and I are the Swindle Brothers. Yeah. Steven's Brody Slim. Mm -hmm. And... Those are our job titles. Today we decided that Ethan's Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, he is. Because someone said, what was the comment Ethan said when we watched the EV go-kart video today? The EV go-kart video? He made a lot of comments. Oh, he said that it was 
the guys from Big Bang Theory got together and made a oh. show like what was the other show? Like um some builder show. Some yeah, it was a builder show and then Yeah, it was like if the cast of Big Bang Theory May started a builder show, it would be Grindhard Plumbing yeah. Company. And we're like, oh, it's true. All three of us unanimous. Ethan Sheldon. Yep. We just, we all assumed that right yeah. off the bat. And next we got to Will, who was. Who did I end up being? I really Leonard. Don't. Yeah, I am Leonard. <laughs> You're Leonard because, like, in a weird way, you are kind of like the normal one. <laughs> Yeah, I guess Like, so. you have the most normal life. Like, with, huh? <laughs> without your... Huh? Without your extreme stories, dude. Because, like, on that show, no one's married. They're, like, going, you know, like, you go to, like, the comedy club, and, like, you go to events. Yeah. And you, like, date yeah. your girlfriend. Yeah, I've got a girlfriend, and... Yeah. And, and Leonard is kind of, like, the normal one. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'd say I'm normal. Yeah. And then I'm Raj. Yeah, because I'm just a nerd who yeah. geeks out about details. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen is Howard because he's always looking for Ford babes. Yep, <laughs> exactly that. So it really worked out pretty well. It does. Yeah. 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 The cast fits us pretty nicely. And I think Penny, that was a great description. Penny does not exist. Yeah. Yes. Somewhere else. Just somewhere else. If there was like a neighbor who always like came over and yell at us for being too loud that and she was a Karen, yeah. she could be Penny. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we don't have that. Thankfully, we don't have no. that. A lot of YouTube channels do have that though, and it is kind of funny. It is. But it also it is something that you have to live with, which is not premium. Yeah, it adds conflict, which Grindhard doesn't really have. There's not really conflict in our videos. Yeah. I like that though. I do too. The only, I'm glad there's not conflict in our videos. The only conflict is like us overcoming our own stupidity. Yeah, and that's only affects us, Edwin. <laughs> Me and you. Well, I don't know. When Ethan hit the tree in the in the dream camper. Yeah, but when Ethan does that, his... he's like, man, that was supposed to happen. <laughs> Well, yeah, and he can fix it in three yeah. seconds because his brain is If that is happened just to like, us, it would be like the video would be like, can we survive 48 hours <laughs> in the wilderness? Yeah, and for Ethan, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just whip the wrench yeah. winch around it, pull the winch in, yeah. and drive and it's like home. a two-hour ordeal. <laughs> yeah. But if we were there, we'd be like, oh. Yeah, we would get wrecked, dude. <laughs> so. Yeah, so let's finish off the podcast with wise words from Will. Yes. That should be a t-shirt or something. That's Wise what WWW stands for. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Premium. Grindhardplumbingco.com slash wise words for Will. From Will. Wise words from Will. Let's hear it. Um, I've been thinking about this because I knew this was going to happen. I knew I was going to have to say some wise words on the podcast. And it's actually the only reason... I want to have a structure to the show. I think Mm -hmm. it's important. The only reason why I didn't want to do it is because when I throw you on the spot, you come up with the best stuff. Okay, yeah. Well, I think this is going to actually be some pretty wise words. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. I think this is going to be pretty real. Uh, I think that as a young kind of janky man that I am, I realized, I just now realized this, 
that we're not on, our lives aren't freight trains. You can change the direction of your life at any moment, anytime, and you could be, become a different person no matter what age you are. So if you're on a swindly path or you're being too much of a swindler, I think anyone and everyone should take a trip to a third world country. And if you're looking to change yourself, you will find that. And those are the wise words. That life is, is life is not a freight train. It's a Subaru WRX. Nice. That was pretty wise. That was pretty good. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I never. You were thinking I was gonna say some monkey stuff, but <laughs> that sure was pretty real. You were gonna say <laughs> monkey stuff. That's life's, pretty real. Life's not a train. It's a WRX. Yep. Life's not a freight train. It's a WRX. You can switch directions at any time. Those are the wise words of the week. Nice. Mm. Nice. Perfect. Words right. to live by. Now, one of the most impactful. Two of the most impactful things anyone has ever said to me were actually from you. Did you know that? Really? I think I told Ethan. So there was this day that I was really tired. I stayed up all night editing a video on a Thursday, and it was Friday. And I was like, wow, I might need to drive home now. We normally work until at least five. It was like two. I was like, I might need to drive home because I'm going to fall asleep. And Will was just like, probably hadn't slept in like four days. He had grunge from the tips of his fingers all the way up to his arms. And he was like, just dig deeper, man. Just dig deeper. I remember that day. I was so sleep deprived. You know how you're a changed man since coming back from Nicaragua? I've been a changed man since that day. When I'm at the gym and I'm supposed to do more than I want to do, I think, just dig deeper, man, and like you covered in grime and like welding berries and like burnt clothing pajamas with your phone in your back pocket comes to my mind. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm like, dig deeper. Yeah. And Sometimes then there was the day go. that we talked about on this podcast before. Oh, yeah, where I opened your eyes about Subarus. But it was an analogy for life. It was, yeah. It really was. I don't remember what I exactly said, but whenever I talk about Subarus, I think Subarus really like actually saved me in a dark part in my, in my life. And that's why I'm so obsessed with them. It's not just a car. It's not just a platform. It's like actually something that I leaned on a lot mm -hmm. uh, before grind hard. So when I talk about Subarus, it's, uh, it's coming from a place that's deeper than the surface level will, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that particular instance was, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you want me to say your current state. You can. Okay, we'll drink like half a bottle of vodka. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it before. <laughs> because this guy who came from eBay was like here to party, man. He and, was partying. And Will was joining him and none of the rest of us were. <laughs> yeah. And so Will just sits me down and tells me this analogy like, Subarus and like this the the raw passion behind it. This one was more literally about Subarus, but yeah. the raw passion about his love for like the way they are, the way they smell, the way they feel. Like it was the closest thing to poetry I've ever understood in my <laughs> entire life. And I think like when I'm making a piece of art, I think about that rant. 
and you didn't even remember it, which is I know. <laughs> like the next morning, I was like, "Will, that was so crazy and impactful." He's like, "Oh yeah, when we went into the treehouse, I don't remember anything after that." And I was like, "One, <laughs> we went in the freezing cold river. We ran around the you yard. tackled me in a dinosaur yeah, suit. I tackled you because you were vaping at the you time. You vice gripped my vape. I put it in the vice grip and smashed it to oblivion. Yeah, if I tried live, to reassemble it." And yeah. it didn't work. You were sucking the juices off of the floor, dude. Yeah, that was bad. You've come a long way I've, since I'm a changed man. Nice. Nice. I think that was perfect, dude.